Hey everybody, I'm David. Hey, I'm Eddie. And you're listening to From the Spot, uh, here with you with all 10 fingers, um, live here, uh, back in the desert. Eddie, how are you doing? I'm good. I'm glad you have all 10 fingers, David. Explain to the people what, what happened to you over the weekend. Uh, yes, so that everybody understands that reference. So I was in St. Philip or uh, translated into the proper name San Felipe down in Mexico. Decided to play with some fireworks and burnt the shit out of like three fingers. So I know you can't see it, but I'm holding them up, throwing up like gang signs, three wrapped up fingers full of uh, burn medication. So it's been fun. Uh, it, it, it also looked like fun on Instagram, David, but I am, I am glad you're, you are complete like you were born you know what i mean so uh fair enough thank you thank you eddie i appreciate that and uh to those of you who haven't been to latin america um it's just it's something that that you do you just you're like i have money i'm gonna fucking buy a shit ton of fireworks that are illegal in the united states so right i mean that happens it's it's what it's what we do. Okay, don't blame David. Just be happy he's home. But yeah, <clears throat> David, pretty much. do you, you want to give uh, the people a quick rundown of what we're going to cover today? Yeah, well, what we're going to cover today is a ton of Champions League fun. Uh, it was kind of hard to narrow it down. There was a ton of good games. This uh, kind of... Well, today, you know, we're recording day of, mm-hmm. but we kind of narrowed it down to three games that I kind of feel could have a significant impact in Europe, uh, both short and long term. So we'll be going into Ajax versus uh, Dortmund, talk a little bit about Atletico versus Liverpool, and we'll wrap it up with PSG versus uh, Leipzig. So what do you say, um- Eddie? David, uh, real quick, I'm gonna, I'm gonna take a couple shots at you real quick. Um, notice how conveniently we're recording on a Tuesday, uh, um, a Champions League day, so we don't have to talk about Manchester United losing to Leicester four to two. Oh my god, damn it! All right, so in all fairness, I couldn't record yesterday because I almost was missing fingers, and as evidence, uh, I'll post it on Instagram. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um and also uh try to drop this same as the same day but if not i'll drop it along with tom- tomorrow's announcement i'll live tweet the manchester united game uh so that way if you want to talk shit to me directly make sure you join us on twitter uh i'll be the one on there kind of talking shit back so <laughs> Yeah, I definitely didn't want to talk about that, but thanks, Eddie, for bringing it up. Because um, I'm a <laughs> dick, everybody. I am a dick. <laughs> All right. I can't wait for fucking Barcelona to get scored on by a small-ass team, and you have oh. to explain why you lost 4-0. Anyway. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and then this weekend, when we lose to Real Madrid, and then oh. I really just don't want to talk about it. <laughs> That's going to be amazing. We are not postponing any more podcasts here. Um, anyway, let's go right to it. Amsterdam, um, place me and Eddie would thrive in. Oh, At we Ajax. Would, <laughs> we, we, we would be so stoned. <laughs> oh, dude, we'd be smoking cinnamon sticks all day. Uh, so, yes. <laughs> so Ajax uh, taking on Dortmund, destroying Dortmund. It was really... You know, good, really good performance by Ajax. The final result being 4-0. Eddie, what do you think about this uh, first game? Um, Well, from the looks of it, David, it was early and it was often that Ajax was just, you know, at uh, Dortmund's door, just knocking, ready to knock it down, whether it was Daily Blind, who eventually scored, or Dusan Tadic who um, really should get credit for the first goal, but it does come off of Marco Royce's head. So 
you kind of understand why it has to be an OG. Um, right. But look, really, really quickly, um, Erling Holland did have some chances. I want to give a shout out to Ajax's goalie, whose name I can't pronounce, and I'm not going to try for once because I don't want to completely butcher his his name. But you know, there were three at least halfway decent chances by Dortmund, and he does, you know, stop a guy who does seem to score every single game. So shout out to him, but you know, Tadic got the first one. Um Lynn got the second one on a like uh, a shot that he took that comes off the post. Mm-hmm. Uh and then I believe it was Alec who used to play for West Ham who is somehow leading the goal scoring in the Champions League and I forgot who got the fourth. Uh Anthony I believe though one of the wingers so actually I'm, I'm glad you kind of brought up all the different goal scores in this game um because wanted to get your your from your point of view who do you think is, will be the next ajax player to make the jump to move on to a bigger team in europe who's the next uh zh for example who was doing good for chelsea up into his injury i would say van de beek but Ole is kind of fucking them over but who do you think will be the that next player from Ajax? Um, I, if I were currently uh, a player from Ajax, um, and seeing how you know the last great crop of players were being treated by their European elite teams, quote unquote, um, don't don't you guys ever forget that Ajax has, I believe it's two or three European cups. And yeah, they they have history. They are uh, European football royalty. Don't don't you ever forget that. <clears throat> um, but uh, I would say, um, uh, look, Tadic is probably going to stay there. Blind is probably going to stay there. Um, I would like to see Nunes take a, a chance and go somewhere, but. I do think he is in his late 20s, so teams probably won't be willing to take a chance on him. So maybe that goal scorer, um, Robinson. So, um, you know, but uh, it it looks like, because I believe that's three wins out of three for Ajax, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, they've been rocking it. um, You know, so that... What was it, 2018 campaign that they had? It's it's going to be super hard to do the same thing. But, I mean, they look ready for it, you know? Yeah, they're they're definitely looking world-class. I'm agreeing with you, man, world-class. So, uh, David, let's let's cover the Dortmund perspective. Uh, Like I said... um, uh, they did have some chances, not great chances, but they, they did at least get the ball to Holland. And you know, he he, he had looks, but how worried should Dortmund fans be? Um, not doing that great in the Bundesliga, and then you know, going to the toughest game in your group and getting fucking. Fucking pwned, as the as the kids used to say. Um, yeah. Sure, it, it, it is in Amsterdam. It's not in Dortmund, but four zero is four zero. Anyway, you slice it. Well, Eddie, it's here's the thing: is where where can Dortmund go from here? Um, they kind of went back to trying to bring back the golden generation through Emre Can and Comos, which has had mixed results. I mean, Comos has had some great games. He's had some not-so-great games. Uh, Emre Can, again, same thing. He's had some kind of flashes in the pan, but nothing we can say was really consistent. But um, the real, I think, bigger issue for Dortmund is what really they're going to do long-term. 
Um, Jude Bellingham is world class in the making, not right now, but he also doesn't really play that position where you expect them to win games by himself. Uh, Marco Royce is, uh, you know, the bad side of 30. Uh, and Eric Haaland is shopping himself around. So it's obvious that he doesn't see himself there long-term, nor the savior of Dortmund. So yeah. uh, where are they going to go? Who knows? I mean, they're obviously not going to do the Champions League anytime soon. Uh, the Bundesliga looks like it's going to go to Bayern Munich for the next great while. Their recruitment is off the charts, and their debt in terms of money is off the charts. So, uh, I'm not really sure, man. I'm not really sure what Dortmund can do. Um, I mean, just really quick, and people kind of forget about him because he has been injured for maybe two, two and a half months now, I think. But Gio Reina is there at Dortmund, and, uh, you know, he is, he is class. But um, you would imagine that he goes... Like everyone else at Dortmund, Jude Bellingham, Holland, um, Robert Lewandowski, yeah, uh, you know, guys who like get built there, and then just be like, well, thank you for everything, but it's time for me to send for a club uh, with more money who does compete. Um, so I mean, that that is the bright side of Dortmund is they always somehow find someone you've never ever heard of and like make them into a star. But the bad side is is they don't get to reap the benefits of helping them become that star. You know? Yeah, that's definitely fair. And we've seen it with many generations. Um but let me pose this question to you, Eddie, um, just because me as a Manchester United fan Having this question in my head um, was kind of hard to answer, but um, Ten Hag, you know, the manager at Ajax, should he make a jump to a bigger team or focus on winning the Champions League with Ajax based on his recent performances? Um, look, um, I, I'm a strong believer in you finish what you start, um, which is why I was kind of mad at Brendan Rodgers uh, for leaving Celtic without finishing the the double trouble or wh- whatever the hell it was supposed to be. Right. Um, you know, and I get it. The allure of Manchester United, the allure of Old Trafford and, and big, big European nights, um, you know, un- under the lights, the, uh, what's it called? The theater of dreams and all that. But I mean, look... How many times do managers get a really good core of players that have zero expectations to actually win? You know, like I, I would, I would venture to say, Ajax fans just want to watch really entertaining football and let the chips fall where they may. Um, you know, and obviously, okay, win. Win, win the Eredivisie because that's that's what we do here. But other than that, um, I'm I'm not saying he couldn't handle it, but the the step up in pressure could be too much okay. at this point. Yeah, I can I can see that. And uh, as my United take on that would be, uh, stay at IX as long as the United post is not available. Uh, but I do think he has built something special at Ajax and would be surprised if he doesn't make a final, at least in the next year or so. Honestly, um, he's a great manager with a great team, but kind of like you said, it's they're, they're the perfect fit for each other. The pressure right isn't really there, and that system is really clicking. So I can't, I can't really say you're wrong, Eddie. I, that's, you know, well, well said. Um, but let's go over to Madrid. Uh, I thought this was a very interesting game. Um, could have gone either way, to be fair. Mm-hmm. Um, I think my opinion of it overall is I think the uh, better team lost uh, today. But uh, let's let's start on a positive note, though. Let's start with jo- Joao. Uh, Joao, man. 
I love talking about him because he's such a great player. Actually, David, time out. Um, I'm I'm actually gonna take my spot kick here, and uh, this is something I very briefly mentioned to to David. David, um, I know that either <clears throat> Lewandowski or Salah is probably gonna end up taking the Ballon d'Or this year, or you know, uh, fingers crossed for Conte because again, everybody loves Conte. Um. But I want you to pretend that you have a crystal ball and that you can tell the future for me, okay? Okay. 14 months from now, December of 2022, um, Joel Felix, could he win the the Ballon d'Or? Honestly, the way it's clicking for him, if he stays healthy, um, he can lead this Atletico Madrid to a potential double, if not a trouble, and if not win the Ballon d'Or, come into a close second. He he has the talent, he's shown it, and now that he's been consistent, he's catching eyes again, but the yeah, key is he needs yeah. to stay healthy. He's gotten uh, a lot of niggling injuries already. And, and then, um, you, you know what? Uh, it is for me, <clears throat> because the the talent was obviously always, always there, right? But I don't know if he's more comfortable now, or like I don't know what drills you could do to improve your vision as a passer. But he's just making some passes that let you know, like a year ago, he wouldn't even try that pass. He wouldn't even, you know, like. He probably saw it, but wasn't confident enough to take it. And now he's like, as soon as I make this pass, one of my forwards is going to get on it, and we're going to go score. You know? That's honestly what it feels like now. It's It's <clears throat> got to be the Cholo effect, man. I mean, that's... I don't mean this in a disrespectful way to Atletico or their fans, but who realistically do they have that's like... A Xavi-esque, a Modric-esque, you know, um, to a certain extent, even Pogba-esque with their passing that could have coached Felix to this. Um, it has to be the Trello effect, the same thing with Trippier, who raised his game even higher once he went to Atletico. Um, I can see why players like want to go to Atletico, why they want to stay at Atletico, why they go back to Atletico. Oh, it's it's going to be awesome, man. But um, let me ask you this difficult question. I don't know. Well, I guess it depends on um, if you you can be objective or as a Barcelona fan, you hate both Madrid teams easily um, as much. But um, was that a Antoine Griezmann red card? That's straight red. By the by, the letter of the rules, yes. Would I have given it to him? No. And and here's why, because yes, his foot is high, so you're endangering an opponent. So I get it. But he's looking straight up at the ball the whole way. He's got the ball. So when he puts his legs up, I'm I'm not saying Firmino kind of was like I'm gonna put my neck there. Because I don't think he would. But he probably did think about it for like a quick sec. And he's like, if it works and gets him a red card, he, he gets a red card. So I um, I understand why the ref had to give it to him. But um, I wouldn't have given it to him because I, I like in the sequence of play, like it wasn't malicious. It kind of just happened, you know? Yeah, and that's kind of the answer I was hoping you were going to give. I, at most, for me, that was a yellow. And I feel that that um, early, it was super early. It was about like a little bit before an hour kind of yeah. led to that bad decision by uh, Hermoso you know, yeah. to, and gave away a penalty, um, which, you know, in return, that soft penalty to me, 
meant Atletico should have gotten that penalty towards the end because it was a foul. That was a foul. That was every single intention of the defender was to suddenly trip him so that he wouldn't get to the ball. That's a foul. Um, um, okay, look. Is it super soft contact? Yes. But as a defender, I know it's an urge to, you know, to elbow someone in the back real quick, but you have to have the presence of mind to know if I even breathe on him, he's going down. And yeah. you, you can't do that. You know, the, Liverpool got really, really lucky that the ref went like this and, you know, and canceled it out because nine times out of ten, even with VAR, um, that's, that's a penalty. Is soft penalty? Absolutely. But, but it's a penalty. Can, can, can you be that stupid? No. You know? Uh, and, David, yeah. real quick, I have a theory. <clears throat> because um, during a VAR replay, um, I believe refs could take a look at it in slow-mo. And for those particular types of plays, slow-mo makes everything look either more dramatic or worse or more fake than it actually was. What do you think? Um, I'm not saying that that's, you know, wrong. I mean, it's such a subjective thing. It's very easy to say, oh, that player is being a diva. Um, you know, it's especially because Spanish teams have that reputation of hitting the ground a little bit too soon. And, you know, it's just, it's just a reputation. I mean, Atletico play like super hard football. They tackle hard. They're not, you know, a bunch of whiners, but, um, I think looking at it that way kind of loses sight into the bigger picture, which is it was a penalty regardless Regardless of the fall was dramatic or not, that's not for the referee to decide. It was to decide whether or not it was a foul, which clearly it was because it was a strategic foul, you know, and obviously they got away with it and Liverpool won. So I think they were robbed. Um, And it's kind of unfair. It was an unfair result, in my opinion. Does, did that referee make it out of Madrid safely? Because I I like I can see if that um if that penalty would have been for Liverpool, you know. But calling off a penalty to potentially tie the game for the home team that's that's ballsy right there. Yeah, it is. But and I think it's even more ballsy considering he gave that penalty to Liverpool earlier on in the, in the game. Yeah. Which, oh, well, which to uh, me it was essentially the same thing. Real quick, by the way, um, really super messy esque goal by by Salah. I'm I'm sorry. It's just anytime someone cuts in around the the D or the the media luna, as we call it in Spanish, and just <clears throat> just makes three people miss. Um. It just it, it everything everything in football reminds me of of Lionel Messi and then uh, Keita. Uh, although that does get deflected by Milner, so it's Milner's goal or whatever. And then uh, apparently Nabi Keita only scores beggars because that shit was tight. That was a great hit. Yeah, I gotta admit that. And um, it's funny you, you said um, about Messi, where for me, Salah is more of Arjun Robin because you know oh. what he's going to do. Like, you know for sure what he's going to do, but, like, you can't stop him. Like, what are you going to oh. do? <laughs> nope. It's like, super FIFA-like. Um, oh, yeah. But let's talk about the big game. Um, this game's really, you know, the fun one was PSG versus uh, Red Bull Leipzig. Basically, um, country versus uh, energy drink manufacturer. Um, <laughs> um, Abu Dhabi versus, you know, versus Red Bull. Yeah. Um, 
So, so uh, real quick, David, um, Leipzig really, really impressed me. That for the first half, they they were able to hang with what most people would say is the favorite to 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 win this competition. Um, not just hang with them, but they forced Kilo Navas to make some really good saves. Saves that, you know, a lesser keeper, like Leipzig's keeper, should have kept out Messi's goal. I'm sorry. I'm, right. I'm, I'm, I'm not trying to hate on Messi because he plays elsewhere now, but <clears throat> any decent keeper keeps that out. Well, um, you know, as you saw, Kilo Navas, what, what was the final score? 3-2? Three, 3-2. Two? Three, two. Yeah, it was 3-2. Uh, uh, Kilo Navas probably, probably kept it from being 5-3 Leipzig in Paris because Leipzig were able to hang, um, you know, uh, so just really impressed that Leipzig was able to go away to Paris, 50,000 PSG fans. Um, who really needed Messi to come save them because it was it was a pretty even first half. Well, that's specifically in the first half, and I gotta give you that that Leipzig definitely gave him a game. Um, and Mbappe's first goal, man. I don't know about you, but Clark. that was R nine esque. I that was Clark. very much like Ronaldo, like. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, if and when he goes to Real Madrid, I'm sure you know that's definitely going to make things interesting. But another thing too is, I felt that like Leipzig knew that they were not gonna be able to keep PS3 off the score sheet. It was never going to be a one nil thing. It was always going to be a all we got to do is match their goals and hopefully win by one. If we're lucky, we'll score one in stoppage time and win by two. Yeah. Um, and just didn't work out this time. And Kunku, man, world class. I think he's oh just about ready to move on to a bigger team. Uh, I don't know what you thought about his playmaking skills, but I wouldn't be surprised if somebody snatched him up. Um, one thing though is I don't know if I'll exactly say it was for. Messi to save, if anything, I feel like this result is kind of scary for Europe because, um, like we said, the first half, super open, 2-2. Um, Leipzig could have easily been up 3-2, 4-2 um, at yeah. the half. And it still would have, I'm sure it still would have been an entertaining second half. But that would have yeah. definitely gave them an advantage to take home a result. But the fact that um, PSG were able to shut down the fort keep keep them out and honestly they should have won 4-2 uh messi shouldn't have given up that penalty um so wait but. so be- before we go there david um i want you to do something that we all kind of secretly wish was real but i need you to at least mentally be messy okay so if if you didn't see it uh Messi's first goal, Mbappe kind of gives it up to him, uh, you know, on a, like, counter. Messi shoots, keeper saves, but there's a rebound, and Messi just kind of pushes it in. Question is, David, um, does Messi go for the Penenka because he saw how easily he scored the first time? Or do you think he was going to do that regardless? Um, I think he was going to do it regardless. I mean, I think, honestly, I think he did it as a, like, here I am, like, yes. announcing himself to Europe, like, there mm-hmm. we go. You guys have been asking for this. Now it's clicking. Um, But I think he also tried to be too kind of, like, politically correct with Mbappe by giving them the penalty. So... Uh, so, so my theory is right is, um, we've all heard the rumors. Killian wants to move on. He wants to be at Real Madrid, and <clears throat> supposedly, um, 
he wanted to move on even before Messi signed for PSG. Right. But uh, you would imagine that Mbappe being 2021, 20, I could maybe see uh, PSG bigwig saying, hey, Messi, uh, try to make uh, Mbappe be comfortable around you and maybe he'll stay. Maybe we could keep him away from Real Madrid. No offense, you're Lionel Messi, but you are 34. Like, there's way more football for Killian left to play than way more football for you left to play. You know, obviously PSG would say it better than that as to not disrespect Messi. But do you think uh, Messi was kind of like, maybe if I give him this penalty and he makes it, he'll maybe start to change his mind about going to Real Madrid? Or do you think, why... Would he do it? I think I think it was something like that. I think it was like a like softened the relationship a bit. I don't think they have a bad relationship, but we also have to realize that he was great friends with Neymar, and Neymar still felt that he had to leave and you know yeah. kind of do his own thing. And granted, he ended up hoping recruit him to go to PSG, but he was still at that point where he was like, you know what, I can't you know continue to be in the shadow and Bop has always had his own um kind of mindset on where he's going he knew he's been, he was going to go to Real Madrid eventually it was just a matter of what stops he had to make in the middle um mm-hmm. I think he could have gone straight to Real Madrid from Monaco but PSG was a good step in the middle for him you know it wasn't leaving home as in leaving France to a whole new country but it gave him that platform to really expose himself to the world. Um, I think it's a good time in his career. And, you know, I'll take a spot kick right here. Mbappe is the only player right now based on post-COVID world, financial, you know, world, worth taking a gamble to rebuild a world-class team around. He's the only one in the world right now based on that he would be worth every penny some people might argue for Haaland but again the Haaland the way that Haaland plays he has to fit a certain system you can straight away get success with Mbappe just based on the, the different ways that he can adapt and still make an impact on the team so okay I, I see what you're what you're saying and it's not that Holland can't run onto a through ball and, you know, take it past the keeper and score one. But, like, I could see Mbappe maybe, like, tracking back, getting the ball by himself and just being like, fuck it, this is all me. Well, That's exactly Holland, what I'm saying. Well, well, well with Holland, you kind of either need to give him that through ball or because he's so tall, just put it up here and, you know, he'll go head it in, which is good. That's a good style of play. But Mbappe could just be like, take uh, take this playoff, boys. I got this. I'm going to go do some some R9 shit, some, some really good shit that everyone's going to talk about until my next goal, which I, I, I believe you're right. So, David, just a real quick aside. Do you think Mbappe should probably be the only player in the world with a one billion pound release clause? Well, I mean, um, didn't your boy uh, get that over in Barcelona already, Gabby? Yeah, and, and, and look, I like obviously I I watch them every weekend and. And I see the the copious amount of talent, but <clears throat> uh, like Gabi hasn't proven himself yet over you know two three years like like Mbappe has. Like he won league one at Monaco, he's moved over to PSG, <clears throat> helped them continue dominating. 
he, like as soon as he put it on a France national team jersey, like he 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 made a good team even better. So like I can see why a player like Mbappe would be worth one billion. Question to you as a neutral, because to me it's like, well, what Barca is saying is like, um, if you're gonna take him away from us, you're gonna clear part of our massive debt. Is, is that what it looks like to a neutral? Um, yeah, I mean, the, and the, I guess the point is the, the release clause was supposed to be for like a reasonable amount just in case a player needs an out. But I think that's exactly what Barcelona is trying to do. They're trying to say, oh, fuck you. You're going to have to pay us. And not only that, we're not going to get screwed last minute like with PSG um, did with Neymar. Where they just like paid the clause, said goodbye, here we go. Um, and I think Barcelona are afraid of that more than they are hoping that somebody will pay it. Um, uh, so, um, I mean, how, how quickly will we see um, Gabby on time side in the Premier League? Um, Probably not that quick, just because he, from what I understand, he's Barcelona through and through. And so let's hope that's true. And he stays. Uh, I think a lot of players end up taking the rash decision and leaving too early when they break through teams. So, like, I don't want to see Gavi leave and say, hey, I'm going to go make a quick quick buck and then he ends up being the next boy on just traveling from random league to random league hey uh, um boy could do it at a at a rainy night with stoke prove it um that's but, true. Uh, real, uh real quick david um i just want to mention because i did retweet it please interact with us on twitter and i did say that we would talk about it so um, David, there was an article shared by the Spanish media. I want to say it was La Marca that basically said um, that in March of this year, Barcelona could have ceased to exist like completely as a club um, because their their financial situation was literally that bad. So. Um, I mean, I know what I think about it, but just hearing that headline, and I very briefly, like, skimmed the article. Um, your thoughts on one of the biggest clubs in the world uh, potentially not existing in a different timeline? I think that's kind of sad. I mean, we're talking about a Barcelona who completely dominated football, revolutionized football. Um, I mean, even recently, really, I mean, I'm not saying they were playing the best, but they were challenging, you know, and they were still out there, players, not players, but teams altogether didn't want to play Barcelona. Now it's the fear factor is gone. Um, you know, they're, and I don't mean, I mean, it's going to sound pretty harsh, but we went from Barcelona's best player literally being the best player in the game to their best player being, you know, a Manchester yeah, United reject, uh, a Leon, sometime, every once in a while stand out uh, to now that's your biggest star. You know, it's, it's crazy how fast you know, they fell, especially yeah. with the rise of these other teams like Manchester City. Um, what is expected of Newcastle, PSG, who, you know, now they're so sustained, quote-unquote, because, um, you know, speaking about news reports, it's been reported that their owners injected, like, over 100 million, you know, euros into the club to make up for COVID losses. So, you know, it's going to keep happening. Um Jeez where there's going to be random injections like that. And then there's going to be other clubs like Barcelona that will end up suffering, but it's not Barcelona's fault. It's not the um, supporters fault. It's bad management. So let's just hope that all the voting socios learned and, um, you know, they make better voting decisions next time. 
So that's all we can really hope for um, as football fans. Just because Barcelona is a great club, we don't want them to disappear on us overnight, especially when it's you know based on bad decisions from one person. Literally, just one person <laughs> making sure. crap crap decisions. Um, David, um, real quick, uh, do you like doctors, David? Uh, doctors. Yes. Yeah, why not? Do you like doctors going to football matches and saving people's lives? Oh, every day. Um, so do do we really quickly want want to mention what happened over at um Newcastle this weekend? Yeah, I think it definitely deserves a mention. Uh we both mentioned it to each other, you know, pretty much as it was happening. Uh, um it was Region. Uh, and who was his teammate who pointed out the the fan? Uh, Eric Eric Dyer. Eric Dyer, you know, pointed out a fan was having uh, you know in the medical emergency in the stands. I guess there happened to be a doctor there which helped save his life. It was uh, pretty pretty good scenes seeing everybody at a football match come together to save a life. You know, it doesn't happen every day, but when it does happen, you know, we would hope that everybody would do what we would. Consider the right, the moral thing, pitch and help out. Yeah. And, and uh, really quick shout out to uh, Legion and Dyer for the fact that we always perceive athletes as being super locked in, in, in into the game. But for, for them to be able to hear like, hey, we have someone effing dying uh, over here. Can you get us some help? You know, Legion, who is Spanish and English, isn't his first language. <clears throat> and then Dyer having the presence of mind to go tell team doctors, like, hey, you guys have a defibrillator? Like, go go, let them use it because uh, someone's really in trouble, you know? Do you think the Christian Erickson incident um, helped facilitate that? Uh, absolutely, because um, I remember when I saw the incident this weekend, I was like, oh, crap, like, we just went through this. And, you know, um, with Dyer being a former teammate of Erickson, and, you know, all of us watched the Euros and were, like, really in shock at what happened, um, <clears throat> I think without... The 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 Erickson incident, um, maybe response time isn't as quick in Newcastle over the weekend. Yeah, it's fair, especially considering you know the uh, how many cardiac arrests there are around the world, um, especially in the U.S. We know we have most of our listeners are U.S. based, so if you are having you know kind of health issues, seek help. Please. Uh, yeah, we don't want anybody to have to go through anything that's scary. But um, on a light note, Eddie, of the games tomorrow, you know, uh, match day three of six in the group stage, what game do you recommend for our fans to watch? Um, honestly, um, and this is no hyperbole, um, Barcelona need three points against Kiev. So, uh, so watch that. Um, Barcelona played really, really well against Valencia uh, over the weekend, even though Valencia did score first. But let me take a quick look um, as to what other what other games are on tomorrow. Hold on, give me give me one sec. <clears throat> so tomorrow we have. Um, Jesus, Real Madrid beat the crap out of it. So we have Salzburg versus Wolfsburg. Oh, you know what? Leo Sevilla might be good. Um, Sevilla is always decent in the Champions League. And Leo um, are the French champions, although not for much longer. Um, um, Atalanta is always good. And we all know what Manchester United is going to show up. Um on any given match day, it could be 
a world-class Manchester United, or it could be the Manchester United we saw this past weekend. Uh, Juve should beat the crap out of Zenit. Bayern should beat the crap out of Benfica. Um, Chelsea, Malmo, uh, that should be Chelsea. And then Young Boys Villarreal could be interesting if we get the Young Boys from match day one. Yeah. So they show up, they can definitely get a point. I think um, Leo Sevilla would kind of be the one that I'll be keeping an eye on. As a fan, I'll be matching Man United versus Atalanta. But Atalanta is definitely in great form. Again, I'll be live tweeting that one. So make sure you uh, follow our Twitter at podcast from the spot uh, or sorry, at pod from the spot. Our Instagram is at podcast from the spot. Yeah. Uh, make sure you follow us on there too. Yes. Um, and really quick, um, when you guys see me retweets or when you guys see the account retweet stuff, that's mostly me. So if you want to, if you want to talk shit to me, um, you know, that's okay, too. I will respond. I will cry and make you cry so we can share tears together. Um, David, any particular match from this upcoming weekend in the Premier League that the uh, listeners should watch out for? Can you see my fixture list here? Um Okay, so if you want to go first, it's definitely going to be Chelsea and Norwich. Um, I think Chelsea uh, are going to definitely be bringing in their best form. But um, I don't know how it didn't just pop out of my mouth, but it is Derby Day, Manchester United versus Liverpool. Um, I think regardless of tomorrow's result, it is going to be um, a different game uh, over the weekend. Um, yeah, it's just... Uh, a whole different level, a different elevation in terms of atmosphere. So, um, besides, you know, the Derby, um, Brentford have been really impressive being able to hang with quote-unquote big clubs. And I'm interested to see whether or not Leicester keep the momentum going from this past weekend and really making a push again into the top four. And then also Wolves, who came back on Aston Villa, uh, this past weekend, uh, down 2-0 to, to win 3-2. And Leeds, who we all know could be entertaining. But, David, I think Bielsa's boys are are in trouble. Real trouble. Oh, yeah. I think, I think they are, too. Um, I think the league has kind of said, well, for better or worse, Leeds are going to play one way and one way only. And so then this is how you beat them. So will Wolves be able to build on the result from, uh, you know, this past weekend? Or will Leeds finally, you know, put a real game together uh, to play a good team that's on the rise? So that well, one may be interesting as well. I Yeah, I think you, you definitely hit the nail on the head. Um, you would think that by now Bielsa would have whipped his team into shape. I mean, they are sitting 17th. They're barely three points ahead of Burnley, who, you know, just a win away um, from drawing them with equal goal difference. Final Wolves, they're up in 10th. They can easily jump a couple places. So um, that might be a good game to keep an eye on if you just want to watch a random Premier League game and as a neutral. And... Um, Watch some and fireworks go off. They're both pretty good, fast teams. And also, um, West Ham hates Tottenham. Tottenham kind of finds West Ham annoying. Uh, so, you know, they, they get each other at the London Stadium. So th- there should be fireworks there as well. So big, big games coming up this weekend, David. <clears throat> In Spain, it's a Real Madrid versus... Barcelona. Um, Iniesta said we have what it takes to beat them. Uh, I love Iniesta. I respect Iniesta. He's brought real moments of happiness into my life, but I'm not sure he's right there. No, I think Carlo Ancelotti, uh, you know, he's got this Madrid team kind of starting to click. 
starting to buy into his philosophy, whereas Coleman, he still doesn't really know what he's doing. Um, and the players aren't really buying into his philosophies. So I, I don't know if it's going to be a goal fest, but I do expect Real Madrid to get a win out of this one. Okay, David, l- l- let's close it out like this. You give the people a realistic Liverpool versus Manchester United prediction, and I'll give the people a real, a realistic Barcelona versus uh, Real Madrid prediction. I think um, not even based on form. I just think based on what the derby is, uh, the players understand what the derby is on both sides. Managers do on both sides. Um, it's at Old Trafford, the Theater of Dreams. I think it'll be a 2-2 draw. Um, okay, look. Um, unless Barcelona score first and also score early, and I'm talking about within the first 10 minutes, um, it's going to be 3-1 Madrid, as, as much as I hate to say it. Benzema okay. is, is, in, is in top form right now, you know, making a, a late, late challenge for that Ballon d'Or, um, which I believe is Lewandowski, Salah, Conte, and Benzi. Um, you know, those, those would be my four finalists to, to win it. Um, and then, so um, unless Barcelona can score early, um, 3-1 Madrid, and I'm going to be pissed about it. So, you know, there you go. Yeah, I would hate to be any team that has to face Benzema right now. Um, he's just in hot form. Nobody can stop him. And I will make the argument that he's the most underrated forward in the last 10 years. Agreed. He's been uh, putting in work consistently. Uh, there's hardly any forward I can say that they can match him. Yeah, look, in, in the whole Bale, Benzema, Cristiano thing, uh, Bale's dropped off, Ronaldo's moved on. The only one still at Madrid and still regularly giving you 20-plus goals a season is Karim Benzema. Don't forget, everybody, follow us on Twitter at Pod from the Spot, Instagram at Podcast from the Spot. Uh, we have segments coming in, games coming in, which we're going to announce on yeah. social media. That way, everybody gets the rules, come play with us, um, not as a young boys kind of way. Just come play uh, some games. <laughs> I, am, I am not a Catholic priest, I promise. Yes, <laughs> neither of us are. So. Um, uh also really quick to some dumbass on twitter that said that um egypt wasn't a part of africa look at a map a-hole yeah if (laughs) if you're gonna be stupid like you know what you're gonna open yourself up to ridicule we're gonna cap you on twitter off twitter wherever we need to cap you you are a retard and i'm gonna use that r card r word i'm sorry (laughs) I'll allow it. I'm I'm disabled here. It's allowed. All right. See, I got my R card. So I'm David. That's Eddie. Y'all have a good night. (laughs) Have a good night. Bye.